Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Praise the living God. And I am reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 4. I'm reading verses 1 through 4. The Bible says, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, I always found that verse of Scripture uh, interesting because um, people that think baptism isn't necessary. John the Baptist was called John the Baptist because he baptized so many people. <laughs> and uh, uh, by the way, I want to apologize about my voice and my congestion. I'm getting over a, a bad cold. Uh, I actually took a COVID test. It was so bad. I thought maybe I had COVID, but that came back negative. So I'm glad about that, but I'm getting over it. But if I am a little congested and coughing, bear with me. Uh, but uh, people that think baptism is not important, John the Baptist was called John the Baptist because of the fact that he baptized so many people. And then here we find out that Jesus even baptized more people than John the Baptist did. So don't tell me baptism wasn't important to Jesus and his followers. At any rate, that's free. That's not my message today. Uh, verse 2, though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples did. Verse 3 says, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. And then verse 4 is what I want to focus on here. Verse 4 says this, but he needed to go through Samaria. He was going to go take off, and uh, he was going to go back to Galilee. But before he went to Galilee, he needed to go through Samaria. I want to talk to you today about this subject that I've simply entitled, Jesus Up Close and Personal. Amen? Amen? Go ahead. That's all right. And Lord, we ask today that you will anoint the rest of this service, that you'll anoint this sermon, that you'll touch my lips, my mind, my understanding, also our hearts and ears. To hear these things that you've laid on my heart, help me to deliver them in such a way, God, that we can understand and comprehend what you are trying to speak to your people. I pray this in Jesus' name. It's important to note, verse 4, that the Bible says he needed to go through Samaria because Samaria was not the way that Jews would go to get anywhere. The Jews did not like the Samaritans, and the reason the Jews did not like Samaritans is because they were quote-unquote half-breeds. Uh, from their history, they had been captured people out of Israel years ago, uh, centuries ago actually, taken into foreign lands. They had intermingled, forced, forced to intermingle, and so they were half-Jew, half-Gentile. The Jews hated them because they were half-Gentile. Gentiles hated them because they were half-Jew. Uh, and uh, so they were in Samaria, and, and the truth of the matter is that the Jews, when they were traveling and trying to get somewhere, even though the shortest route was through Samaria, they would always travel a longer route, crossing over the east side of the Jordan River, showing their antagonism and their severe dislike for the, for the Samaritans. In Jesus' case, it was different. Jesus was a Jew full Jew. In fact, his bloodline, and if you look in the scriptures, you will see his bloodline goes all the way back to Adam. He can be traced his bloodline all the way back to Adam. He was a Jew, 
But he did not have the mindset of the people of his day. My friend, we cannot allow ourselves to have the mindset of this generation. All people have a right to be saved. All people have a need to know this Savior that can wash away your sins. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what your physical makeup is. I don't care what your nationality is. I don't care what your lifestyle was. Everybody needs to know the Savior of our souls. Everybody. Praise God. We will see in this story in just a little, little later that there were people in this group that were actually hungry for God. And if you're hungry for God, God will find you. It is not by accident that you're here. I thought I just came to church one day. The first time I came, I thought I came to church because somebody asked me to come, pushed me to come, wouldn't let me get out of it. That wasn't why I was there. I was there because the Lord Jesus Christ was drawing me in and wanted to transform my life and wanted to give me a different eternity than the one I was headed for. That's why you're here today. Jesus is the one who leaves the 99 going to look for that one. Jesus is the one that leaves the entire flock behind so that he can go and find you. And aren't you glad he found you? I'm so glad he found me. I was hungry. I didn't know what I was hungry for. I tried to fill it with the things of this world. I tried to fill it with drugs. I tried to fill it with alcohol. I tried to fill it with carousing. I tried to fill it with all the things of this world. But when I found Jesus, I found the one my soul truly hungered for. Praise God. But this thing about Jesus is he is the one shepherd who leaves the 99 to go look for the one. And aren't you glad he went looking for you? I'm so glad he was willing to leave the 99 and come looking for me. And when he found me, it was an up-close and personal experience. Huh? (laughs) When he finally found me, it was an up-close and personal experience. I want to talk to you about being up-close and personal with Jesus, because for the most part, we are outcasts. For the most part, we are indeed outcasts. One way or another, we are outcasts. We really don't fit in anywhere. We get together with people. Sometimes we feel like the oddball. We get together with friends. Sometimes we feel like the odd man out. We get together with family. Sometimes we feel like we don't fit. We really don't fit anywhere, and I didn't really fit in even with the group of friends that I was running with, that I was drinking with and drugging with. I didn't really fit in with them. In fact, I'm going to tell you a little secret about, uh, about my feelings when I was lost and I was hanging around worldly people who were supposed to be my friends. I knew they were talking about me when I wasn't there. I knew they were laughing about some of the things I do or did or thought when I was. You know how I knew that? Because we did it when one of them wasn't there. (laughs) And what makes me think that they're the only ones that are doing it? When I'm not there, I knew what they were doing. But man, when I found Jesus, 
I found somebody, didn't matter how low I went, how hard I fell, how messed up I was, I knew I found somebody who truly loved me and was not out laughing at me, making fun of me, joking about me. He was constantly the shepherd looking for a lost sheep. Praise God. So let's talk about this story, shall we, for a moment? Because the Bible goes on to tell us that eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Who cares? Near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph, and Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. And soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Now there's a lot wrong right here that you don't know unless you know what's going on behind the scenes. First of all, this woman is by herself. That was uncommon. All of the ladies of town came to draw water. They came as a group. There was safety in the numbers. They all came as a group. And they all came first thing in the morning so they'd have their water supply. This lady is coming by herself at noontime because she didn't fit in anywhere. It's bad enough that the Samaritans are outcasts. She's an outcast among the outcasts. Anybody ever feel like that? So she comes to this place by herself. Guess who happens to be sitting there? Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, please. And he was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. And the Bible says in verse 9, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> it's congestion. I'm so sorry about that. The woman was surprised. You know why she was surprised? I'm quoting verse 9 here of chapter 4 of John. She was surprised because Jews refuse to have anything to do with Samaritans. And Jesus is sitting there as a Jew saying to a Samaritan woman outcast, please give me a drink. And she said to Jesus, hold on a second here. You're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman. What are you asking me for a drink for? Have you ever wondered why the King of kings and the Lord of glory would ever stoop so low to meet with you or me in a private prayer meeting when I am broken and torn and I bend down and get down on my knees before the Lord because my life is messed up, usually because of my own doing, usually because of my own thoughts, usually because of my own actions, only to find Jesus standing there starting to get up close and personal? Let me tell you something about Jesus. He answers the cry of anybody's heart. Anybody. It does not matter who you are or what this world thinks about you. It does not matter what your family thinks about you. It doesn't matter what your friends say about you. It doesn't matter what your coworkers think about you. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks about you. Jesus answers the cry of a hungry heart. There are no prerequisites. There is no earning the right. He just answers the call of a hungry heart. Now, there are some people that come looking for him. This was not the case. 
There was the woman with the issue of blood who touched the hem of his garment, and he healed her. You can come looking for God. You'll find him, and he'll touch you. Don't get me wrong. You can seek for him and find him. There was the Canaanite woman who brought her demon-possessed daughter, and he delivered her with just the crumbs that fall from the master's table. You familiar with that story? I'll tell this to you real quick. This woman came to Jesus. She was a Canaanite woman, another, another Gentile. She had a demon-possessed daughter. She said, heal my daughter. He said, it's not fit for me to give what I brought for the master's children and throw it to the dogs. Could you imagine? What would you do if you walked up to this altar and asked me for prayer and I said, it's not fit for me to pray for you, you dog. This is for the church members. <laughs> Sorry about the congestion, but how many people you think we'd have? In the, I think the church members would be getting smaller and smaller. Aren't you glad Jesus isn't like that? People are like that. Jesus isn't like that. And he wanted to prove he wasn't like that because he said to her, it's not fit for me to give to you what God wants to give to his people and cast it to the dogs. And she said, you ain't going to offend me. My daughter's sick. I don't know how bad your need is, but my friend, don't you quit asking. Don't you quit praying. Don't you ever stop seeking God for it. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how discouraged you get. You never stop asking. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. And she said, oh, you're right. I'm a nobody, and this world thinks I'm nobody, and I'm a Canaanite woman, and I don't deserve what I'm asking you for. But let me tell you something about the, about the dogs. They get to eat crumbs that fall off the master's table, and I'm just asking for some crumbs. And if you think Jesus did that because he didn't like her, he did that to prove to all of those around that it does not matter who you are. Don't you take no for an answer and don't you let anybody tell you that Jesus is not for you. Don't you let anybody tell you you don't need religion. I'm here to tell you this woman said, I know what I need and it's coming from you. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And there's another quick story in this. My friend, can you imagine what was on the table if the crumbs could cast a demon out? Come on, pull up a chair. Sit down at the master's table. Come and dine, the master calleth. Come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. <laughs> Praise God. And there are so many people that come looking for Jesus because they have a need. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as you realize that it's really Him you need. It's really Him. He's the answer, and within him is every answer you're ever going to be looking for. I've seen too many people come to God with a problem and then leave for one of two reasons. Either he answered them and now they no longer need him, or they, he didn't answer them quick enough and they went looking for something else. My friend, I am not here 
living for God because of answered prayer or needs met. I am here living for God because I was on my way to eternal hellfire and brimstone, and now I am on my way to a place I do not deserve to be in called heaven. And it does not matter to me what happens down here because my eternity is secure with him. I'm not living him, living for him for this life only. The Bible said if we live for this life only, we are of all men most miserable because things go wrong and problems come. I am living because of what he's promised me in eternity. Praise God. Let me try to, let me try to wrap this up. Because it's when you realize that it is Jesus that you really need, I promise you, you're about to have an up-close-and-personal encounter with the Master. He's going to get up-close and personal. And what does up-close and personal mean? Why are you asking me for a drink? If we were honest with ourselves, that's what the woman said, if we were honest with ourselves, we would ask the same question, wouldn't we? Why are you, Lord God Almighty, Holy One of Israel, perfect in every way, master of the universe, why are you meeting with me? Why would you come to this place that is filled with a bunch of rejects? Sorry. That's what we are. That's what we are. We are just people trying to make it through life. I don't, I don't, I, I, some of you are visiting. Forgive me if I'm, mis, if I'm misappropriating your skills and talents, but we're basically just a bunch of people that don't have any great credentials in life. There's no initials after my name. There's no titles before it. I'm just Rick Frank. I don't have a master's degree. Well, I take that back. I do have a master's degree. <laughs> the master gave it to me when he washed my sins away, and I took his name and applied it to my life. I, am, I do have a master's degree. But let me just finish this story, all right? Why are you, Lord, interested or care anything at all about me? Jesus replied... If you only knew the gift God has for you, you personally, there was nobody there. He was there at that time, at that moment, for that purpose, to meet a woman who nobody else cared about. He said, if you only knew the gift that God has for you, somebody has a gift for me? Yeah. If you only knew, you would have asked me for water. <laughs> and I'd have given you something you never had before. I'm not talking about because of who you are, is what he's saying to her. I'm talking about because of who I am. That's what I'm talking about. And what I have that I want to give you. Jesus is in this place, and he wants to give you something. Jesus never takes away 
from you. Ever. Except those things that are destroying you. He'll never take away from you the things that will bring blessing into your life. He'll never do that. He said, if you knew who I was, you'd ask me for a drink. Now she said, you don't even have a bucket. And this is how this story comes to a close. Sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this is a very deep well. Where would you ever get this living water? And besides, are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his, and his cattle enjoyed? She's challenging him, and Jesus replied, and he said, people soon become thirsty again after drinking this water. Let me tell you something about what this world offers. It'll last for a little while, and then you're going to need some more. It'll fix your problem for a little while, and then you got to do it again. Jesus said, people soon become thirsty again after drinking this water, but the water I give them takes away their thirst altogether, and it becomes a perpetual spring within them, giving them eternal life. I want to tell you, I was always searching, but when I found Jesus, I searched no more. I found what my heart longed for. He gave me eternal life. And what's better than eternal life? We have all sinned. You know why you sinned? Because you've got a sinful nature. Did you ever hear the story? I'm going to wrap I'm promising I'm going to wrap this up. But did you ever hear the story of the turtle and the, and the scorpion? The scorpion asked the turtle for a ride across the river. Did you ever hear that story? And the turtle said, no, I'm not going to give you a ride across the river. I'll get halfway across. You'll sting me and we'll both drown. He said, now why would I do that? Why would I kill myself? I'm not going to sting you in the middle of the river. And off he said, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Threw the, threw the scorpion on his back. They got halfway across the river. Scorpion stung him right in the back of the neck. He got paralyzed. They both went down. They both drowned. Now, why would the scorpion do that? The answer, that's the nature of a scorpion. <laughs> that's what scorpions do. The nature of humanity is to be sinful. That's what we do. But the nature of Jesus Christ is to lift us. He gets us across the river. Can you say amen? She heard this and she said, give me some of that water so that I don't have to come to this well anymore and draw water. And I want to tell you something. Let me wrap this story up and tell you. You ready to get up close and, up close and personal with Jesus right now? Because when she asked for the water, let's see what happens. Okay. I'm going to give you this water. Here's what I want you to do. Go get your husband for me. <laughs> she doesn't have a husband. She's a harlot. Go get your husband for me. Um, she said, well, let me read it. She said, um, well, I don't have a husband. All right, well, go get your boyfriend. No, he didn't say that. He's going to get up close and personal with her. Are you willing to let Jesus get up close and personal? Because the master said, you are right, you do not have a husband. In fact, you've had five husbands. <laughs> you're not supposed to know. Who told you that? trying to keep that a secret. And in fact, you're not even married to the guy you're living with now. What? 
That's where my grandson gets it from. You ever heard Ritzy go, what? I didn't realize he got it from me. What? You have had five. We're getting up close and personal now. Aren't you glad that when Jesus got up close and personal, he sent everybody else away? He wasn't doing this in front of his disciples. He sent everybody away and he said, now let's just deal with you. Go get your husband. I don't have one. You're right, you don't have one. You've had five. And the one you have now isn't even your husband. But he did not say it with condemnation. You would think he would. But he did not say it with condemnation. He said it like he was going to give her some hope. You go get that one you're living with and come on out here and I'll talk to you about this living water. She went back. You know the story. She went back. These disciples went into town. Do you realize these disciples probably passed this woman on their way into town to buy food as she was on her way out? They probably walked right by her. The people sitting around you might not know your problem. They might smile at you as they come in church and smile on their way out. They don't even know what you're going through. But I want you to know something. Jesus knows where you are. He knows everything about you. And you've got to be willing to let Jesus get up close and personal. And look inside you. Say, man... I know all about you, he said. Five husbands, five divorces, living with a guy, not even married to him. She did not cower away and run and say, I'm never coming back to this well again. She went back into town as we stand together. She went back into town and she said, you got to come and meet a man who knew everything about me and still loved me, and still cared about me. Are you ready to let Jesus get up close and personal with you? Are you ready to come and stand before the Master and say, look it, I'm not really doing this right, and this isn't really going right in my life, and I know this is probably not the way I should be living. Are you really let the, let the Master say, oh, that's not all of it. What you see wrong with yourself is some of it, but there's more wrong than that. Come here and let me help you fix it. She went back and turned her city upside down. She brought the whole town out. Those disciples were just there and came back empty-handed. But this woman who had an interaction with Jesus went and told everybody, come on and meet a man who knew everything about me and still loved me. Come on, you got to meet this man who knew about my past. He knew about what I did. He knew about how I lived. And he still put his arms around me and loved me. Come, let's stand before this master and let's have a personal, up close and personal encounter with Jesus. This altar is open. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, And if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you and God bless.